This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Hey, it's good to see you here this morning. God bless all of you. Great way to start our new year. We begin a fast. If you're fasting, man, we got about a week to go. So finish the race. I believe God's going to break some things loose in your life and keep praying about that. We're going to start our series this morning on GPS, to give, to pray, and to serve. And I believe it's the heart not only of this church, but I believe it's God's heart. And so today, I want you to catch God's heart. And we're going to talk about the principle of the first. If you need a Bible, raise your hand, get it up real high. Then go with me the book of Exodus 13. Before we really get rolling here, um, I always like to see people in our church here and Adam Garcia, Adam, why don't you stand up? I know you're over there somewhere. There's Adam. Good to have him here. He's one of our Marines, so we pray blessings over him. But I'm glad to see him. You know, I'd also like to do this. Today. I, I don't know about you, but when I praise God by myself, I'm not very good. I don't sing worth a flip. I can't play any instruments. And so I, I, I love our praise and worship team. Well, let's let's give them praise today. Let's just honor them today. You you guys make me sound a lot better. <laughs> you ones who stand around me, you say, you know, he can't sing a lick. No, I can't. I realize that. So I get to preach. That's what I do good at. All right, Exodus 13, where we're going to begin. Now, we're going to talk about the principle of the first today. And the, the Bible's very clear on money and finances you know, 16 of the 38 parables that Jesus himself, he talked about, had to do with money. Uh, there's over 2,000 verses in the Bible that pertain to money and our possessions. And so money's a big deal. Actually, when we talk about money, think about this, this thought here just a second. Money affects us in, in almost every area of our lives. Almost every area. And so this is why we must pick up God's heart on this. So the principle of the first is this, and you'll see that in the Old Testament, most of them, they made their living either by farming or ranching and livestock. And so you'll see the word, the, first of, uh, the firstborn and the first fruit, and that'll explain a little bit. Let's start in, in Exodus 13, verse number 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate. Now that word consecrate there means to, to set aside, to sacrifice, or to dedicate. And he said, consecrate to me. And this is Father God's word. All. That's big when we get the word all there. Uh, the last time I looked in the definition of Webster's, all means all. Every bit of it. So he said, consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. Cut and dry. God said, it is mine. So you see real quick, his desire here is the principle of the first. And in this situation, it's the firstborn. Same chapter, verse 11. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers to give to you. Now, this is talking about when the Lord was going to bring the Israelites into the promised land, into the land of the Canaanites. God said, I got some things that I want to give to you. Some ways I want to bless you, but it's very easy for us to, to get God's expectations of what we want from Him 
But let's look real close here on the next verse of the expectations that God had for his own children, what he expected out of them. That you shall set apart to the Lord, there's that word again, all. All that open the womb, that is, the every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem it with a lamb, and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn among men and among your sons you shall redeem. So he tells us here that the firstborn must be sacrificed or must be redeemed. Those are the only two options. And when you begin to look at what he's talking about, the last verse there about the donkey, in the Jews' eyes, the donkey was unclean. So in order for the donkey to be clean, he had to be redeemed by a lamb. So it's the great exchange, the unclean for the clean. Now, you know how that looks for me and you as as human beings? Every person, every baby that's born into this world, no matter how cute you think they are, which they are, they're born in this world unclean. And the only way that a human being can go from being unclean to clean is we had to be redeemed. And our Redeemer is Jesus. Now in John 1.29, John said this, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. So just as the Lamb redeemed the donkey right there, that's exactly what Jesus does for us. Now in saying that, God was uh, when, when God gave Jesus, Jesus was literally God's first fruit. God gave his best for me and you. And not only did God give his best, he gave his best by faith. And what I mean he gave by faith, he gave the Lord Jesus before he knew any of us would even receive him. He stepped out and said, I'm going to give my only begotten son to redeem mankind. And I believe just in this passage here, you begin to see, you give the first and the rest will be blessed. Does it take faith to to give the first? It takes great faith. Great faith to step out and obey God. Now, the rest of these verses right here, I'm just going to paraphrase them, because what it ultimately talks about, that your children will begin to ask questions. And in this passage here, the children would begin to ask questions, why, Father, do we give the donkey? Why do we give the lamb? Why do we give the firstborn? And this is what the Lord said to them. Tell them. Because at one time in your life, you lived in Egypt. You were a slave. You had nothing. And because the covenant that God made with us, I'm so blessed now, and I'm so blessed that I want to honor Father God back. Now, I believe this with all my heart. That's one of the greatest things you can teach your children at this age. That we honor Father God. To learn to honor Him even with your finances. And the key to that is, is when they learn it at this age, they'll go throughout their whole life understanding, I'm going to honor God. Let me ask you this right here. How many of you in this room were taught at a young age to honor God with your money. Raise your hands up. 
Man, there's a bunch of you. Bless you. What a heritage. The day will come where you'll tell your mom and daddy, thank you. I wasn't raised that way. I didn't understand any of that. Let me tell you real briefly about a man named Jack Hayford. Jack Hayford is in his 80s right now. He's a man of God. He's a pastor. And Jack Hayford said this, and I heard this not long ago, that at the age of five, his father set him down. And he put ten pennies on the table. And he said, Jack, for every dime that you make in your life, that first penny is God's. And every time you get an allowance, if you work or get anything, remember, out of every dime that you make, that first penny's God's. Jack Hayford now has been honoring God with his tithe over 75 years of his life. And I look and I see, that's a blessed man. Because he got a hold of God's heart in this. Turn just a couple pages over to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus 23. We'll see the next one. Like I said, it'll require great faith. Great faith. You know, James said in James 2.26, he said, faith without works is dead. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. And so I can talk about the things of God, but it becomes very important that I begin to do that. You know, if, if one of you guys on the staff here can hear me, would you please turn the heat off? We're going to lose weight in here. It's warm, isn't it? Thank God it's warm. We got heat. Praise the Lord. <laughs> if you guys aren't from our church a couple of weeks ago, we didn't have no heat. Our heat went out, and so thank God we like the heat, but not this much. Exodus 23, verse 19. The first of the first fruits of your land. He said, the first of the first fruits. Not the third, not the fourth, but the first. Your best, the choices. And when he talked about the first fruits of their land, he was talking about wheat and barley, figs, grapes, pomegranates, and all these because that's what a lot of them raise. And so he's given them insight here, and this was God's heart to his covenant people. And he said, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now, not only does God tell us here that we're to bring the first of his first fruits, but he designates to me and you where we're supposed to bring it. Where did he say to bring it? To the house of God. To God's house. And so you begin to see the principle here. The first of the firstborn. The first of the first fruits. God says they're mine. I want them. Notice here he didn't say. You know when you get five or six. You pick whichever one. He said the first one. Now let me give you an illustration. And this, this illustration is literally in the Bible. This is Joshua chapter 6 and 7. The Israelites have come out of, out of Egypt. And remember, God's desire was for them to go to the promised land, but because of their disobedience, they wandered around in the desert for 40 years. And after 40 years, their leader Moses has died, and Moses is now dead. So God raises up a man named Joshua, and he says, Joshua, I want you to lead our, our, our troops into the promised land. And he said, now, the very first city you go into, when you take it, 
all the gold, the silver, and the bronze, I want you to consecrate them to me. And they are to go into my treasury. Now that's almost word for word in Joshua 6 and 7. So Joshua says, okay, and the Lord said, listen, if you take any of the things from that first city, you'll be accursed. There will be a curse that will come upon you. So Joshua and the troops, they go in to the very first city. It's the city of Jericho. And remember, that's where they march around it for six days, which in the natural doesn't make any sense. A lot of times the thing God tells us to do, they don't make any sense in the natural. But when God tells us something to do it, you know what we got to do? Obey it. So they march around it six days, and on the seventh day, he said, now we're going to blow trumpets, and when you hear those trumpets, you start shouting. And all the, the, the people that are with him are thinking, what has this dude been smoking? Why would we do this? But once again, this is what God said to do. And Joshua had caught God's heart. So they do it, and the walls come tumbling down. They go in and they take the city, and they get all the stuff, the goods. They go to the next city, a city called Ai. On paper, they should wipe them out, but they lose. And Joshua's mad at God. He's on his knees saying, Father God, how can this be? How could we lose to him? And God said, one of yours has taken the things that I told him not to. And they go back and they go to a camp and they found in the tent of a man named Achan the gold and the silver and the things God said not to take. And because of that, them taking that first, there was a curse came on them. But when it was brought back, God lifted it. And they went from city to city to city. And note, remember this, that God didn't say, you can take ten cities and whichever one of those ten cities, you give me what they have. No, he said specifically, that first city, it's mine. The principle of the first. Now, look with me into the book of Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And you got to get this thought, the thought of Father God in your heart in this. Blessings are always attached to the first. That's where the blessings are. But will it require great faith? It'll require great faith. It doesn't take great faith to give after you've done everything you're supposed to or think you're supposed to do with your money. It takes great faith to step out and say, I'm going to give the first before I do anything else. Genesis 4, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a, a keeper of the sheep, he was a rancher, but Cain was a tiller of the ground, a farmer. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now, you look at this and you think, why did God not respect Cain? Why did God not respect his offering? Well, the answers are found in verses 3 and 4. And let's really, really, really dissect this. And you're going to see the truth come out here. Verse 3. And in the process of time, it came to pass. Now, when he talks about the process of time, you know what it tells me? 
Cain's thinking is this. When I get around to it, I'll do it. But remember God's heart is the first of the first fruits. And so it was like when, when the process of time, when Cain got around to it, his thinking was this, you know what, I'm going to do everything I need to do. I'm going to pay this bill and I'm going to pay that bill. And if I have anything left over, God's going to get it. Now look at the difference in verse 4. Abel also brought of the firstborn. Now we go back to Cain and remember there was not one word mentioned of his first. It just said he brought an offering. But in this one here it said, And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. See what you begin to see here is we serve a God who's never second. God will never be second. God is not the God of a leftover. God is the God that says, you know what? If you'll honor me with that first one, I'll bless you. I'll take care of you. And some of you say, does that mean that I'm to honor him first above my car payment? Yeah. Above my house payment? Yeah. Above my utilities? Yeah. Surely not above food for my kids? Yeah. And see, this is what I'm talking about. i got to catch God's heart here, but i also got to understand it will take great faith to do this. It will take great faith to step out. Turn with me to the book of Leviticus, chapter 27. Genesis, then Exodus, then Leviticus. Leviticus 27. God wants to help every one of us, but I believe we really, really need to get a hold of this. And begin to learn to honor God with the first fruits of my increase. Leviticus 27, verse 30. And all the tithe, now there's that word again, all. All the tithe. Every bit of it. You know what the tithe is? The tithe is 10%. All the tithe or all the 10% of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord's. In other words, it belongs to the Lord. And a lot of people say, oh, no, it doesn't. I'm the one who worked for that. But if you study in the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord says specifically there, I'm the God that gives you power to get wealth. And God has said over and over and over again, that first is mine, including the tithe. It's the Lord's and it's holy to him. Now what happens here with the thing called the tithe is every time me and you get paid, it's a test. It's a test of my heart. And the test of my heart says, will I honor God or do I honor my possessions? Will I do what he asked me to See, a lot of people will say this. Well, God's first place in my life. Does your checkbook, does your bank account agree with that? See, it's easy to say that, but do I actually do it? Now, I can take you back, rewind, 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 about 34 years ago in my life. And me and Shelly had gotten married, and the early years of our life, we struggled, struggled, struggled financially. We had more month than money. How many of you have ever been there? 
not a pleasant deal. And a lot of what was beginning to take place in our lives is we were ignorant to the Word of God. I didn't know the Word of God. I didn't know what the Word of God said pertaining to giving the first fruits. But for about the next four or five years, I begin to hear this over and over and over. So we begin to get knowledge in this area. It's good to get knowledge, but knowledge does me no good unless I obey the knowledge. And in order to obey the knowledge, I'm going to have to step out by faith. You know what that means? You're going to have to get out of the boat and walk on the water. But I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat setter. What did he say, Myrtle? In other words, man, I want to get out of the boat. I don't want to live that way. And so me and Shelly begin to honor God with the first fruits of our increase. It was easy, wasn't it, Pastor? No. Not at all. I remember specifically the first time I did it. If, if my little head could have done a 360, it would have. It did not make any sense to me. And I was around a man who was way, 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 way older than me. A man who was very, very successful in life. He didn't have much of an education. Actually, he had a sixth grade education. Extremely successful. And I remember one day, he poked me right there in the chest. And he said, boy. You know, we don't like to be called boy. But he said, boy, if this is the only thing you ever learned from me, listen real good. Learn to honor God with your tithe. He said, it's made all the difference in my life. It took a step of faith. It'll take a step of faith for you to step out here. Turn over just a little bit to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. You know, when there's a covenant, a covenant is not a one-way street. It takes both of us to, to make a covenant happen. And I say that to say this. God will do his part if I'll do mine. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Honor the Lord with your capital and with the first fruits of all your increase. Now, in my Bible, I got several things really, really highlighted. My first fruits is my best. It's the thing when I first get paid, and he said, with all your increase, A-L-L-L-L. And so I realize this, that every time the Lord brings me increase in my life, whether it's a paycheck, whether it's a tax refund, whether it's a bonus, whether I hit the lottery, that first part is His. That first 10% is His. And if I'll get over and catch His heart, look at what happens in verse 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. In other words, the only way I step into plenty and the only way I step into overflow is I got to obey verse 9. And people have argued about this for centuries. That's Old Testament. Do you know that Abraham honored, honored God with a tithe? 500 years before it became law. 
And his son Isaac did it 400 years before it came law. And I don't understand why people ever argue about being blessed. We criticize this. We rake it over the coals. We don't have to do that anymore. Because we live under the New Testament. And because we live under the New Testament, I live under grace. And so because I live under grace, I don't have to repent anymore. I don't have to tithe anymore. I don't have to walk any love anymore. If that's your thinking, you need to get saved. Because think about this. Just because adultery was wrong in the Old Testament, now I live under grace in the New Testament and it's right? I don't think so. And because murder was wrong in the Old Testament, I live under grace in the New Testament. Now I can murder and it's, it's okay. I mean, after the service, if I took a knife and carved up Jessica and, and said, it's okay, Eddie, we live under grace. Eddie wouldn't think so. And I wouldn't blame Eddie. But see how absurd that thinking can become. And it becomes a trap from the devil that we get over there and believe that. And, and this is next week. I'm going to jump into next week already. In Malachi 3, verse 6. The Lord said, I'm God and I don't change. I don't change. I don't change my thoughts. I don't change my heart. I don't change. Turn with me into the New Testament. Go to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. And what I'm talking about here today is I'm not talking about being religious and I'm not speaking condemnation. I'm not speaking being legalistic either. I, I, I think this is what i got to do, is i got to get to the place where I do what God asked me to do. I catch His heart in this, and the focus isn't me getting or the focus isn't me gaining. The focus is, is the sincere joy that comes from saying, I get to honor God. And I said this Friday night at the men's meeting. So many times in our life as Christians... This is our thought. I have to go to church. Change your thinking. You don't have to go to church. You get to go to church. I don't have to praise God. I get to praise God. I don't have to uh, watch my kids. I get to watch my kids. I don't have to do this that my wife or my old lady asked me to do. I get to do it. I don't have to tithe. I get to. Now look here in, in, in Matthew chapter 6. Begin with me in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Now this is Jesus' warnings and he said, listen. Don't put all your marbles into the things of this earth. Now, just think for a minute about a couple analogies I'll give you here. If, if you have stocks in Wall Street right now, your, your portfolio of that probably looks like this. Up and down, up and down, up and down. How about this? A year ago at this time, I saw that a price of barrel of oil, a year ago to this day, was $88 a barrel. Right now, it's 46 There's a lot of people put a lot of their money into oil and say, that's where it's at. But Jesus here, 
He warns us on things of this earth. Well, I got a whole collection of Mustang cars. I got about 10 of them. Well, guess what? They're going to rust. And the moths are going to eat them up. No, I got them preserved in a garage. Nothing will ever happen to them. Or you're going to die one day and your kids are going to inherit them. And they're going to tear them up. And the whole time you're in heaven, you're going to cry. No. Verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. See, Jesus really quick there said, you'll either invest in the temporary or you'll invest in the eternal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, is where your heart will be also. See, the focus of the heart is where your treasures will go. And, and when I begin to look here, where my treasures are, whatever that is, that's what will control me. So he's telling me, learn to invest in the, the kingdom of God. Because your money will reveal your priorities, your loyalties, even your affections. And it directly dictates the blessings you will or won't experience here on the earth. How I respond to this. How I respond to the heart of God. Look at verse 33, same chapter. But seek first the kingdom of God. But seek first the kingdom of God. Now just with that statement right there, i got to ask myself this question. Do I seek first the kingdom of God? Even with my finances? What's the first thing I do with my paycheck? See, he locates this right here and he says, seek first the kingdom of God. And a lot of people would say, well, I go to church. No, 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 when the question I asked. I said, do I give God my first here? I said, no, 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 but I go to church. See, that's a lot of people's answer, but I go to church. Well, you can have a Tom Brady jersey today and doesn't make you a quarterback. We sing this song. Lord, give me faith to trust what you say. Now, I'm not going to sing it for you. But Lord, give me faith to trust what you say. Now, I'm going to add a new verse to it this morning. Give me faith to obey what you say. See, it's one thing to, to understand what he says, but it's another thing to go ahead and do it. In James 2.26, James said this, Faith without works, faith without corresponding actions is dead. And so I can sit here and, you know, I can tell the Lord, I love you, I love you, Father God. I'm a servant of yours. But he said right here, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, I want to read the rest of the verse because it will bless you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So this verse right here tells me God's not against me having things. God's not against me having material things. What God forbids is when those material things tie me to the world over and above Him. And so He's saying here, seek first the kingdom. And all these things shall be added unto you.
I started this morning and I said, I believe that money affects almost every area of our lives. How many in here that is married, have you ever had a fight because of money? We did that on the way to church, Pastor. You've been married, that's probably happened. See, money affects almost every area of our life. If money affects every area of my life, and I choose to obey God with my money, it'll bless every area of my life. Wow, what a thought. And as the Lord put that in my heart, this is some of the things He really began to stir back up to me. Because understand this, guys, for the first 20 years of my life, I didn't know jack about the Bible. Remember, I'm the guy who put Job in the belly of the whale, not Jonah. But when me and Shelly, and I said me and Shelly, man, we, we began to partner in this, and we saw the scriptures in this, and we knew, man, we've tried everything in our own power, our own ability, and man, we're broke. So broke, we can't even pay attention. But we started honoring God. And before long, our finances started changing. And she needed a good job, a good job. And I remember when she was being interviewed for a job, our prayer was this, Father God, we've honored you with our tithes. And you said you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, and that job will be a blessing to us. The next day, they called and said she got it. Same thing happened in my life. I remember three times at the company I worked with, I got promoted. And on all three times, I stood on being a tither. And I said, Father God, it'd be a great blessing to me. And on all three, I was promoted. And I will tell you this, I believe a lot of the, the happiness and success we've had in marriage is because we tithe. Remember, he said, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. For me to have a happy marriage, that's a blessing. And a lot of times we think good, good marriages are just a coincidence. Good marriage, you just fluke them. You don't fluke a good marriage. We're not soulmates. We just don't see. I look at all this. And I can stand here before you and say, God's blessed me. He's blessed my life incredibly, and I attribute it to honoring Him with my tithe. How many of you to walk in divine health would be a blessing? I'm going to tell you, guys, I walk in divine health. Most of you know, you, you hardly ever see me sick. I believe it's a result of the tithe. And I said, all right, Father God, I've honored you in this area, so if money affects all my areas then why will I argue about giving God my 10%? See, he said, honor me with the first fruits of all your increase. Honor is in my attitude. Obedience is in my action. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, I remember as a, as a child, as a young boy, my job was to take the trash out every day. Did you do it every day? Absolutely. Every day. I didn't miss. You know why? Because my dad would take care of me if I didn't. I did it every day. But I didn't honor him in doing it. How did that look? Well, I'd have the trash and I'd be on my way to the dumpster. And the whole way I'd be belly aching. This isn't fair. This isn't, I shouldn't have to do this every day. See, that's a lot of times what we do exactly with Father God when we give. We may give, but I don't honor him. 
It POs me personally. It fits me to give like that. But see, God is saying, catch my heart in this. God's saying, I want to bless you. I want to make your life well, but you got to hook up with me. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.